The following audio is from the King's Chapel. You can find out more about our church at thekingschapel.org. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you. We love you. Biggest fan, except for your husband. Totally. Uh, welcome to the King's Chapel, everybody. I, there's so much to say, so much to say. While those guys are going out, it's just they, they give me cover. Uh, this morning, some of you brought in a lot of Thanksgiving food. I'm not sure what to do with this notion. Uh, I, you know, I looked at the scale this morning, and I always wanted to play pro football, but not as an interior linesman. So already the Thanksgiving food has taken a toll. The scale it, 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 it is no friend of mine. It's a devastating moment when you look at that thing and it mirrors what you've been doing for days. And then there's food out there in the lobby and it is beautiful and yumalicious. So please help yourself. Uh, this morning, just to let you know that anything that comes from this pulpit that is good is, is n not for me. I was looking for my uh, wallet, this, you know that, Andrew, thank you, just confirm it. My wife confirms it every, every week after the service. And we, uh, I, I got up and I used the mind that God gave me in such, I thought it was a unique, unique way. I had lost my wallet and I looked for it for about 15 minutes. And I, I, I think some of you must have been praying for me, but because after a while, I decided to look in my back pocket I mean, who'd have thunk that? And I found my wallet. Typically, I, I've coached for a lifetime and I put my stuff in zippered pockets in the front. So I'm totally on autopilot. I am weak. I am, in an in a intellectual sense, pathetic. But the Lord is good to use people like me. And this morning, we're going to talk about people like me. We have the leper's thanksgiving. And in a sense, that's me. That's me, because apart from Jesus, I, I was a lost sinner. And I'm like, as I tell you, I wasn't major league, I was minor league, but it was so grotesque just in the minors that it was uh, painful. And I was a leper. Leprosy, we'll, we'll be talking about a bit, but it is a dark thing. It is a, an evidence of a, a, a broken world filled with uh, the, the COVID of that time, which was this expansive thing, or so they thought, that that lepers would be coated with. Well, there's something even more worse than uh, being a leper, and that is being lost in sin. The Bible says in Ephesians that we were dead. We weren't just lepers. We were dead in trespasses. Bill, Bill Jeske was dead, but God raised me up and seated me with Christ in heavenly places. He didn't reckon my uh, list, endless report card of sins against me in the final analysis. In place of that, he put the sacrifice of his son. And I am so grateful. Now, this morning, I'm going to talk about the fact that, in a sense, we are lepers. And then secondly, he heals lepers. And that our response, especially at Thanksgiving time, but all the time, should be to be filled with thanksgiving and praise for what he has done. For what he has done. It's tough being a leper or disabled. I looked across a room as an elementary school kid and, you know, oh gosh, don't start crying. There was this little girl 
at a, a lunch table from me, and I, you know, I, you guys know, I say this all the time, I'm proud of it, not ashamed of it. I was a Marine son, we moved around constantly. I kind of love the lifestyle, some don't. But I'm there, I'm a new kid probably in the room. And across from me, there aren't many people sitting by me, the new kid doesn't have that. But across from me, just about that far away, there was a little girl in a seat, and uh, she was eating. But at the table, she was eating all by herself. No one was near her. And you would think that if I saw that, and I was a kid who was a church-going kid, you would think that I would make some kind of move to go over there, but I didn't. It was not at all a noble moment because she, she was probably, my suspicion was a thalidomide baby, you know, where certain chemicals were put in bodies to do certain things and children uh, didn't have limbs sometimes. And this little girl, didn't have <clears throat> part of her arm and she would eat there with this little stump and she put that in her mouth and licked it and you know the kids were didn't know how to process it to be as fair as I can to us no one got near because we didn't know what to say or what to do it was so strange and 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 so difficult and so isolating what had happened with her. And so, Lord, I pray for this girl now, if she's still alive, that you just bless her. But so many, this is, this is the status of our world. This is hence we have missions. Hence we have people come in off the streets with broken legs and drug addiction and all kinds of things. And they look very suspiciously like we used to look before he got a hold of us and loved us back into his will and purpose. And it's Thanksgiving time, and I want to give him thanks and praise because he takes lepers, lepers covered with all kinds of stuff, and really the bottom line, the nastiness, leprosy is just a visual picture of sin and brokenness like that little girl had. That wasn't normal or natural. That was something wicked had done this, some force, some alternative uh, playing field where this was done. We are involved in a spiritual world. Uh, with all kinds of troubles and struggles. And in there, we are lepers, apart from having a healer. On the way to Jerusalem, and in uh, Luke 17, 11 through 19, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And you'll remember Galilee's up towards the top of the map of the area of, of Israel. In modern-day Israel, it's at the top. Samaria is kind of in the middle, and down a little more, down a little deeper is Jerusalem. Samaria had a mountain in it called Mount Gerizim, and uh, uh, Jerusalem, of course, was that stately, amazing temple built on a hill where everyone could just look up and in some sense see the reflection of the glory of God, even though men with all their leprosy lived in and around it. And he entered, Jesus enters a village, it says, somewhere between Samaria and Galilee, and he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance. Who stood at a distance. You know, with leprosy, the standard measure of distance that you should be from a leprosy in a fairly ignorant time was if the wind was blowing from you guys over there, if the wind's blowing this way, I was to be 50 yards away from you. And the only way you could get my attention was basically by screaming and yelling. 
because people were so afraid of the process whereby people caught leprosy. Well, apparently, as science has shown us, it's not such an easy thing to catch. And it, it had, they had all the same mystery and intrigue about how it comes into being and what it does as we have today. So that 50 yards, uh, modern science will tell us that wasn't necessary. But it was an awful thing. It marred, ultimately, for many, their visage their face, their figure. It took off like with that little girl, we'll call her Sally, arms and feet and all kinds of things. It defaced the image of Almighty God and his perfections and beauty in human beings. This is what sin and disease does. This is what darkness wants to do. It wants to hide beauty and expose the nastiest kinds of ideas and thinking. It makes things look beautiful and shiny, shiny baubles out there, things that we think will fill the emptiness in our soul, and yet ultimately they fill us with nothing but longing for cleansing and renewal and healing, which is a good thing. They stood at a distance. That's what sin does inside the human personality. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to be around those phony, hypocritical Christians. I just want to hide away somewhere at night and not be seen in my transgressions and craziness. The ten men, as best we can tell, the ten lepers stood at a distance. The image of God effaced messed up in them. In the same way sin does it in the human soul, it was done to their physical selves. And they lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Interesting. They're not saying heal us, although they said something more profound. Apparently have mercy here means save us. As if they were drowning under the weight of the corruption on their physical persons. Save us. And Jesus Christ came into the world to save lepers and sinners from destruction. They were asking and crying out with the right question. With an appropriate degree of uh, volume and desire. And when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. It was kind of the medical approach of that day without getting into all the detail of it or I'd never get through the sermon that they would go to the priests and certain things would be done and sacrifices would be made and birds would be killed and blood would be shed. Whenever you see sacrifice in the Bible, basically it is a picture of Jesus Christ giving his life so that lepers might be free and sinners might be cleansed. That's what they would go to the priest for. But here's the thing, when Jesus speaks, something happens and he says, go and show yourself to the priest and they went and and were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back praising God with a loud voice, unashamed, awkward, yet again, not because of leprosy, because of the extremity of his vocal apparatus as he's saying, thank you, God, for what you've done. He was offering thanksgiving. That's why we do the Thursday thing. It's because of what he has done in this amazing country in its early founding. George Whitfield went from field to field and almost the known world of America declaring the glories of God. And Ben Franklin published his work, this famous uh, Philadelphian. 
And the world was changed because massive numbers of people came to Christ. Massive numbers. Franklin resisted it as much as he could because he was a libertine, if you know his rule story, and he had problems. I hope we'll see him in heaven. But the bottom line is the God of heaven and earth used him to trumpet and print up these documents that spoke of the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ by one of the most amazing preachers of the world and of the age who had been called to your dear country. This country, I don't want to get into the whole political thing, but I'm grateful to be here, unashamedly grateful. I am glad to be an American, where at least I know I am free, or have been free, and I thank my God for the men who gave their lives, and women who gave their lives for me. Yes, I do. I say it unabashedly and without apology. Jesus Christ has shed his grace on this nation for a reason, and that is to proclaim his goodness and light to a world. And if God will give us grace, we shall do that in whatever measure he allows us. You have people out here on the fields in the Middle East, in Europe, in South Africa, in these different places, and these are rough territories. And they're suffering a bit, and they're your missionaries. But you graciously have given so that they might give their lives for something they believe in, that people are leprous and lost without Jesus. And so what they do is they give thanksgiving to him by going to Lebanon, for example, as one couple is doing, and, 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 and these other nations that Christ might be lifted up. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. He was separate and diseased. A Samaritan, that's a nasty name to the self-righteous Jewish person because the Samaritans had inbreeded with Gentiles. They had done that which was wrong in God's sight, and they held up their mountain, Mount Gerizim, as the place for true worship, which was not true worship. Jerusalem was the city of the great king. This was the appropriate place, and it is the city in which the greatest king was hung on a cross to pay for our sins. There is some beauty and amazement there, but the bottom line is the Lord Jesus Christ picks out of this group somehow in some supernatural way. The one guy that comes back is what some would term a false religionist. He's, he's in the wrong category. His belief system is not perfect. It's a little askew. But like the good Samaritan, there's something in him that recognizes and gives thanks for Jesus Christ. And why shouldn't he? He has been healed of one of the most disturbing afflictions any human being can have. A physical uh, uh, infirmity which is so grotesque as to boggle the eyes of man. That's what sin is. I had one guy. He, he tried to go back into sin just for a little bit. He was, he was a young guy involved in, in young life. And he went to a party. He starts to get drunk. 
And in God's strange providence, he, his visage begins to change, right? He's under the influence. He's inebriated. I'm not making a statement about wine. That's not the thing. It's a, in a sense, it puts gladness in the heart and all that, and it can also kill you, basically. But this kid is there, and he's working on a, a death by inches, and he's decided to just try his old life and see if it works. And this girl comes up, and he says, she says, pretty girl. Oh, you're the young life boy, aren't you? Oof. He was buying into a, a, a leprosy that wanted to revisit him and undo what God had done in his soul. And you know what? He basically very soon left the party, chastened and renewed and following because he wanted that girl to know Jesus and he knew he'd taken a step off into leprosy land. He was no longer offering God thanksgiving. He was back to living life his own way. And God provided a suitable touch of pain, heart pain, to turn him back to himself. Lepers are untouchables. You know what Jesus did? He not only called out to lepers. If you read the other gospels, he would walk up to them and he would touch them. That's what Jesus is like. He takes on our sicknesses and diseases, even on the cross. By his stripes, in a sense, we are healed both spiritually and on occasion, physically. When you touch someone that is estranged from you, you are showing that you care for them these days, touch has gotten so weird, hasn't it? You can't touch anybody because you might be diseased or you might have some uh, wicked agenda. And yet the Lord Jesus, who was nothing but purity, would touch these souls who were coated with the darkest affliction and show them that he loved them and healed them of their disease. And a disease, it was there is no disease regarded with more terror and pity than leprosy, the face of the leper was truly hard. E.W.G., a masterman in his article on leprosy in the, in the Dictionary of Christ and the Gospels, from which most of what I'm going to say comes, describes it, just to take moments to describe it. And, and uh, time is marching on here. But it is one nasty uh, 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 disease. There are three types of leprosy. One is a tubercular one that has like growths coming out of your face. These things expand. You can look up pictures of it. Uh, but as Masterman said, no other disease reduces a human being for so many years. And no other disease makes a human being into such a hideous wreck. There are three kinds. One is called the nodular or tubercular. And this is where on the person's face, fairly early going, little things begin to appear. And then they become larger things. They look pink at first. And then like sin, they take root and they begin to bear fruit. And these things begin to expand. Expand to such a degree that it was typical to see the leper become leonine. That means look like a physical lion, like the cowardly lion in the Wizard of Oz. His image is effaced. It attacks him. And then the second kind of uh, a thing is the anesthetic uh, form of uh, uh, 
leprosy. And what it would do was, it's like having a shot at the doctor and you're going to be cut on. It killed any nerve uh, channels in your body over time, sometimes slowly, sometimes rapidly. And the first time you might find out that that kind of thing had hit you, you might be near a fire or some scalding water and just gently, inadvertently walk back, back up, put your hand on an oven, you're fir- you smell something burning, and you find out that it is the hand given you for God for tenderness and love, it is being destroyed by this thing. In the long term, the first kind of uh, uh, leprosy took about nine years for you to die. The second one was 20 or 30 years, and the third one was a combination of the two. So you were made into a beast. It was truly beauty, the other people around you, and the beast, and you were being haunted and torn apart by this thing. It is devastating. It is so devastating, in fact, that one man who worked with the leprous Said, said words to this effect. He says the tendons in their hands became so contracted, it looked like they had claws. And also inside them, something was going on because on the outside they began to stare but couldn't really do, do anything to wet their eyes. They just had a dead man stare. Their voice became hoarse. It's like the night of the living dead. Does anyone care for these people? Well, I, today I'm not going to tell the story I have before Brother Damien, one Catholic priest who went to the island of uh, lepers and ended up taking on their disease and dying of what he got. But here's the point of it all. This world with devils fill God's truth abide still, and he shall win the battle, even for the leper. Because the problem is not so much the external. It's also, and perhaps more importantly, the internal. Dr. A.B. McDonald said this, the leper is sick in mind as well in body. For some reason, there is an attitude to leprosy different from the attitude to any other disfiguring disease. It is associated with shame and horror and carries in some mysterious way a sense of guilt. Guilt for what? Although although it's acquired by, like most contagious diseases. In other words, it seems worse, far worse. And the people are shunned and despised frequently, he said. And he worked with them as a physician. Frequently, they contemplate taking their own lives. It is satanic in root and fruit. Jesus Christ came in the world to save sinners. Satan comes to kill and rob and to destroy. One man hears, 10 men hear it, 10 men are healed, but one man understands what Jesus does. Here's the summation and the bottom line here. Do you know Jesus Christ loves you? No matter how leprous you may feel, even today. I don't think anybody's hiding here in the room. I don't know who is here today. But do you know he loves you? And do you know in spite of the leprosy of your failures and mistakes and misdeeds, he is willing to cleanse you of everything? And all he is asking, all he is pointing to here is can you not offer thanks to God for his grace and benediction? Are you not so glad that that you do not live in a place of wanting to kill yourself or do yourself in because you are so renegade and so afflicted and so darkened and so distant from the Lord, but rather you have a sense that you 
are so loved in spite of your condition or what you've done before that life is sprouting out of your very person. There was a, name, a guy whose name was Jack Hinton. He was a uh, worship leader. And he'd gone on one of these short-term uh, mission things. And he went to uh, 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 Tobago, the island of Tobago, and it had a leprous colony there. And while he's on the short-term mission trip, he's leading worship at a leper colony. That's a, a beautiful thing because Christ especially loves these benighted souls. And he looks forward to the day where they will be ultimately renewed and healed, I believe. And while he's leading worship there, Jack saw a woman who had been facing away from the pulpit turn around. It was the most hideous face I had ever seen, Hinton said. A, a woman's nose and ears were entirely gone. She lifted a fingerless hand in the air, and she said, can we sing, Count Your Many Blessings? Overcome with emotion. I'm sure they sang the song. The storyteller doesn't tell us that. It said Hinton left the service. He was followed by a team member who said, I guess you'll never be able to sing that song again. Yes, I will, he replied. But I'll never sing it the same way. You know, some of you may remember the song. It's not one we do, but... I, I did it, I knew of it as a child. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one. This is a leper demanding this song in the best sense of demand. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one, count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. This little girl was returning thanks and praise for the beauty not of her external body, not from the loss of her nose and her ears and everything else that people count on so desperately to esteem themselves in a broken world. What she saw within herself was Jesus Christ and the blessing that he had given her. And what is better than that, let me tell you, what is better than that? As we age, we'll all look out like her at, at some time in this sphere that we live in. And yet, the assurance and beauty is, I see Jesus in you. That's what I see. And that's my hope for my culture and my people and these folks out here. I love them. I say something to them. I look like an idiot. Maybe I look like a leper, but I don't care. Count your blessings. I want them to know him. Let's bow our heads just for a moment. Oh, Lord, just like the lepers, there are those that, that cry out to you, perhaps, and say, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord, save me. Heal me. If, 
If you've been in a far country, far from the Lord, or you feel leprous in any way because of the way you look, or your physical situation, or you've been divorced, or any number of things that you condemn yourself with and trash yourself with, I have good news for you. Jesus Christ loves you, and right now, if you're willing to accept it, will heal you of all the leprosy that would assault you day in and day in from voices you should never take counsel from. A, if you want to come to him as, as a leprous person waiting and wanting to be cleansed, admit you are that. Admit you're a sinner. B, believe Christ is the only savior. Everything else is just religion and performance. Christ does it all. He paid it all for us. He works it all through us. And then choose by an act of the grace and empowerment of a holy God who is talking to you right now, choose to follow him. If that is your prayer and your heart right now, you are cleansed, leper. And will you not now, in your heart, give him thanks and praise? Will not at least one of you turn and live?